anytime we popularize uh, a particular dissenting narrative and then we don't take it to its furthest conclusion, it becomes a part of the popular culture. And that means it becomes commodifiable and then it becomes defanged. That's all it works. That's all that I think we should be trying to say. Not that, uh, you know, you're all wrong. You're all dupes because painting BLM on, you know, on the boutique window doesn't do anything for, you know, the 120 black people who have gotten murdered since the protests began. It's saying, I'm glad they... We're not saying that? I'm saying that. <laughs> well, it's. I'm just saying it's not just saying that. It's, it's okay. What it is, is it's saying that I'm glad that they're afraid for their windows and they have to paint <laughs> and they have to, t- they have to publicly agree with us. So that exactly. People but if we stop there, it doesn't mean anything. Keep pushing until the owners of things can no longer identify with the opposition. And then we've really got something that means keep pushing until there are no cops. If we think about it, like uh, to make a battlefield analogy, you have a primary objective across the field. Now, if you take some of the field, yeah, you won that day. But you haven't won the battle. And if you stop at the place where you, you know, if you stop in this, the territory you have seized, but your enemy still stands, you lose your territory eventually. The war against capitalism is a war uh, just like any other war. And so, yes, let's advance down the, down the field. But you can't lose sight of the ultimate objective or else you lose the field itself. Does that make sense? And sometimes taking a portion of the field is actually negative because it puts you, puts you in an exposed position where if you do not reach your objective, it makes you uniquely vulnerable to counterattack. Mm-hmm. So look at Ferguson, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you don't try. It just means in a situation where you have momentum, letting the Democrats sideline the movement into electoral work or thinking of Ben and Jerry's statement or the spray painting on the streets as being signs that we're actually getting what we want so we don't have to try as hard, that not as many people need to turn out in the streets or or whatever else they are trying to do. I'm not saying this is actually working. I'm saying this is what they're trying to do, right? I, it, to, as far as I can tell, people don't seem to be being fooled by it, except for a couple of my more softer liberal friends right. on the internet, you know? who I love, but I think that they just don't understand power and politics at all. Uh, letting the momentum be arrested and uh, seeing seeing these cosmetic victories as something that it are, are signs of tangible change and that if we did have to back off, it's okay because we already won this this much, I think would be a huge mistake. I would say that like winning police defunding and police demilitarization um is the partial victory right not not winning police any any sort of police defunding or winning any sort of police uh demilitarization but accepting the fact that the statues are taking down as a good enough win for now i think that is the danger and that is the mistake and that puts us in the vulnerable position burn down a like burning down a police station for what so that people can go to jail for the rest of their lives and statues could get taken down. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying that's what they would like to happen. Right. Uh, we've got to think strategically. About yeah. Any particular uh, approach or anything that we do. Um, I, that's true. But also, 
spont the spontaneity of mass movements just like co- uh, recuperation uh they they don't have like a a committee <laughs> that's like dis- you know consciously deciding how we proceed you know um the sponta- spontaneity of mass movements are exactly that they're spontaneous of course uh, they're they're pure expressions of um authentic outrage uh, I admit, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe I'm coming back to to Trotsky here and saying that you know the authentic outrage is the uh, the steam that arises from boiling water and uh, it just dissipates into the air if you don't have a piston box to uh, channel it into the and it need we need uh, we are we need, need a piston box so badly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, like we I I don't think any of us have. Uh, abandon the notion of uh, organization as key right like i think we all we all think that some kind of complex sum of the parts of the of the trade unions and of the social movements and of the you know the various left circles that exist here and there that something could be cobbled together into a, a an effective vehicle for sustained resistance right but organization can also be recuperated like if you look at a yeah. The communist parties of Europe in, I mean, there are some countries like in Cyprus where it was the progressive party of working people, I think is what they're called. That's the communist party there that um, was in power during the austerity regime following the 2008 crash. Uh, That's a recuperated entity, which speaks the language of workers power and communism and runs the state on behalf of international finance and the comprador bourgeoisie right just like uh as if they were the christian democrats 